Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? You know, when we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a lot of questions. How do you record an episode? How do I get the show into all the apps people like to listen to? You know, best of all, how do we like to make money off this podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to, your po- to podcast right away. In fact, that's what we're doing right now by reading this ad. You know, I like to listen to, to my scary podcast during the week while I'm at work. And man, let me tell you, it just gets me in an extra zone so I can keep working all day long. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Final episode of the preseason slash seasons here tomorrow predictions. Uh, we are here with the playoffs, and we got Brendan with us again. He's gonna go. We're gonna recap playoffs, like how what we see finishing the Super Bowl, and then also the postseason awards. Uh, we see MVP, offensive player of the year, rookie of the year, defense of the year, or defensive player of the year, comeback player of the year, all that good stuff. Um, but we made it through the slog of getting through the regular season for both NFC and AFC. Um, you know, we're sitting here looking at our top 14 teams because, well, COVID came into play for the playoff seedings. DJ, what do you think about this new 7 17 playoff? Do you think it's something to stick around? I don't hate it, and it's kind of neat because it makes the battle for the one seed a little more competitive than just, oh, let's get one of the top two seeds. It makes it like if there's a small gap between one and two, like, oh, we must fight them, as opposed to just like, well, we're fine. We already got to buy. Maybe less chances of people sitting in week 16 if it's close. I like yeah. it. I don't hate it. Yeah, same here. I mean, I'm the same way. It's 
Week 16, 17, that was always the most boring for, for your number one seeds, number the, two seeds. And wild card weekend always kind of felt like not March Madness, but like it, it just had a really cool feel to it. Now you add another game to it. It's like, oh boy, Christmas, yay, Christmas yeah. in January. Yeah, it's, it's weird for me to see this in the NFL because this was something in ML, MLS soccer used to do, or well, they still do. MLB added it too, yeah. not too long ago. So, too, yeah, so, you know, this this seven-seeded teams, is, it's kind of interesting just because that number one seed means something. You don't have to play that first it's a little bit more exclusive than just a one or two seed more or yeah. less. And it's sport like football. It's it's crazy. Exactly. But, so go ahead and uh, get us started off on on your uh, AFC playoff bracket, Brennan. Let's see what you what you who's who's your top seven seeds and kind of what do you see happening? So recap of AFC, um, I've got the Chiefs taking the bye, uh, first round, block card round. Um, from there, I have the number two Ravens facing the number seven Broncos. Um, I like the matchup, but I don't feel that uh, the Broncos can take it. And I, I hesitated keeping the Broncos on with the newest development with Von Miller. But I still believe in Vic Fangio and his ability to make do with the pieces he has. He still has Bradley Chubb back, so he still has some pass rush. It's not going to be as dominant, but he can still scheme around it. Um, still think that they're going to be dominant, still going to make the playoffs. Um, but uh, um, I, I feel like the Ravens are going to win this. They're at home. Um, it's just going to be one of those that uh, that home field advantage. I don't know if we're going to have fans in the stands at the time, but it's going to be a little bit more. There's no travel or anything, so Ravens take it, move on to the the divisional round. Um, next, I've got the uh, Colts and the Texans playing. Oh, great! Um, <laughs> Third time, every time they both make the playoffs, they just are mandatory to play in the playoffs. <laughs> was not by choice it was just that's how it rolled out um but uh i have colts and the texans moving on uh the problem i have with is i don't know how philip will do in the playoffs that pressure of of getting past the colts to make it to the playoffs i don't have them moving forward past the wild card round sadly i do have the texans moving forward i think that uh disappointing three quarters after the first quarter of last year will kind of be their drive to to uh, stay consistent, stay on the throttle instead of letting off. Um, they move on to the divisional to play the uh, the Ravens. Um, and the next I have in the wild card round, I've got the Bills and the Browns. Um, Bills at home. I've got Josh Allen. He moved. He's he's got a great receiver in, in Stephon Diggs. I think they make that next step up. They get up to the divisional round. They move forward to play the Chiefs. So um, mm-hmm. from there, Ravens and Texans, I've got the Ravens moving forward. Patrick Mahomes is not going to let Josh Allen beat him out. Chiefs move forward to championship round. So I've got a Ravens and Chiefs matchup. Um, Chiefs being a home I have a hard time rooting against them, so I think they make it to a second round of the Super Bowl right, in two man. years. So what you're saying is that Patty Mahomes Kool-Aid tastes real nice right now. <laughs> that must be some great strawberry-flavored Kool-Aid. Ketchup-flavored. It's Patrick Mahomes. Ah, gross. Oh, you made made me 
Throw up a little bit in my mouth. Don't blame me. Blame Patrick Mahomes and Hines. This is a good point. It's got to be weird for Hines, considering they literally are part owners of the Steelers, watching another AFC team and their best player for that in the league. <laughs> They're hoping that the Chiefs somehow cut him and the Steelers pick him up. They're begging for that somehow. But, all right, so I like it. You got the Chiefs, Chiefs there at the Super Bowl. Uh, getting the Super Bowl for the second time. So, DJ, what about you? What do you got, got looking in the AFC going forward? Well, for me, I have the Ravens at number one as well, taking the bye week. Second, I have the Chiefs. They'll be taking on the Texans. I have the Colts taking on the Browns. Then I have the Bills taking on the Broncos. So I have the Chiefs taking out Deshaun Watson and the Texans in the rematch. I don't think it'll be quite as dramatic of an eight-minute swing t- from 21 nothing to <laughs> 51-31. I don't think it'll go that way, but... I think Patrick Mahomes will take care of business. The Colts taking on the Browns, kind of a rematch from when they played earlier in the season. I still think the Browns are pretty nice with Nick Chubb and all of them. They'll give the Colts some problems, but I think they'll take it probably in like a 31-24 type of game. People forget Phil Rivers is actually – he doesn't have the best record in the playoffs, but he never really plays like shit. I mean, yeah, he's, you, he's you can't really look back and think of, oh, God, an ugly game of just miserable, zero touchdowns, four, nothing like – nothing that bad. Hell, he played on the torn ACL against the undefeated Patriots, and they didn't lose by that much, especially with – and that was with LT sitting on the sideline. Like, Phillip has a pretty decent playoff play. – his play in the playoffs is not too bad, so I think he'll be just fine against the Browns. Plus, they'll probably just run the ball 50 times right at, right at them and just nullify, Pat, nullify Miles Garrett altogether. So that's what I have playing out there. Then the Bills and the Broncos, it went eyes – it's tough, especially with Von Miller still out, but I'm still going to give the Broncos the edge. I think Bradley Chubb, Jarrell Casey, A.J. Boy, they got so many new additions. Justin Simmons is still an absolute monster at safety. The Bills are really nice, but I still – something's just kind of missing there, I guess. I feel like they needed one more year of sucking to get another, like, blue-chip early first-round pick to build around. That There's just a little bit still missing there. They're building fine. They're still going to be great. It's probably going to be an absolute shootout, but – I'm going to give the Broncos the edge, and the Broncos are used to cold weather, so the Bills' home field advantage won't bother them as much as most other teams would. And I think Drew Locke will get it done. Nothing against Josh Allen. He'll be just fine, too. I'm just going to give the edge to the Broncos. They have more weapons and just a few more playmakers. So that leaves the Ravens taking on the Broncos, which, well, the Broncos' fun run ends here. Even Von Miller, no Von Miller. I think the Ravens scheme up. They run all over Denver. Mar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins, Mark Ingram, Marquise Brown. They'll be fine. They'll win comfortably like 38 to 20. They do. Then we have the Colts and the Chiefs and playing for what will now be the third year in a row because they played in the divisional round a couple years ago. Then last year's Monday night game where everybody was injured and the Colts ran it literally 80 times. Yeah. And I think a similar thing is actually going to play out this time. I think the Colts are going to absolutely pound the heck out of the ball. I think they're going to take out the Chiefs in Kansas City this year. Ooh. I think it's going to look a, li- a lot like last year's in that this defense the Colts have built, all things staying healthy, of course, they're going to be able to – you can't stop Tyreek, you can't stop Travis Kelsey, but they mitigated Tyreek Hill pretty well in that divisional game. And last year they controlled Travis Kelsey when he was the only weapon that Patty had for the most part. They yeah. find well, a way to cover him. It's nice when you have Darius Leonard to be like, hey, go cover that guy. Hey, Darius Leonard, you sit in the middle of the field and anything in that vicinity, expand your go-go gadget arms and bat it down. <laughs> yeah. And then Okariki's emergence, like they actually have a squad of linebackers – and I still can't overestimate the addition of DeForest Buckner coming as a legit pass rusher, especially up the middle. Yeah. And Kenny Moore has emerged recently, too. I think he's going to get – they have a lot more defensive weapons than people give him credit for because none of them are Jalen Ramsey or Aaron Donald, but they have a lot of 
eight out of tens, as, but even though they don't have much for ten out of tens besides Darius. Yeah, Slater. a lot of above average NFL players that together make a outstanding defense. Like they are definitely great. They could be greater than some of their parts. And Justin Houston in the playoffs against his former team, like we saw what he did last year against his former team in just a regular season game. In the playoffs, I think he's going to be coming for blood. Oh, absolutely. And and then on offense, like I said, Marlon Mack, Jonathan Taylor, feast, feast, feast. Get behind Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly and just follow that brick wall home. It work, I think it's going to be an ugly game, probably like 24-20. Like the scores will be like, oh, that was gross, but okay, it counts. I mean, touchdowns are touchdowns here. Yeah. Patty will still be fantastic. I don't think he's going to play bad by any means. I think there'll be a lot of bending, but once they get to the red zone, they're like, all right, that big, handsome man, Travis Kelsey's not getting the end zone. Who else <laughs> is going to score for you? And that'll provide a little bit of red zone problems. And they'll actually look at the running running backs like Clyde Edwards or Blair and be like, no, we're not letting you do a Damian Williams on us. Yeah. So that leaves the Ravens and the Chiefs. Not the Ravens, sorry. The Ravens and the Colts. I almost said the Ravens and the Chiefs just by having it. Even your mentality didn't believe that the Colts could win right there. I believe they can. I was just trying to make <laughs> Brendan copies all my picks, so it's second, mem- it's second muscle memory here. I feel you. So I think the Colts go into Baltimore, and I think they take out the Ravens in a similar fashion because the Ravens are going to try to run the heck out of the ball and then basically throw to tight ends and Marquise Brown over the top. A very similar set of weapons, even though the quarterbacks play drastically different. I think the Colts' defense can match up, and Lamar Jackson, who do you want spying him? How about Darius Leonard? Not a bad guy to spy him. Bobby Okariki's 4-4 running self. DeForest Buckner chasing him up the middle. And on defense, the Ravens have a good defense. No one is denying that, but the weakness is probably those linebackers especially. I mean, Patrick Queen's unproven. Judon's nice, but he's not freakish, I guess. Like, they don't have any too many linebackers. Like, they, need a, they don't have a C.J. Mosley like they're used to having. And I think Frank Wright's going to scheme up some fun things to where play action, just go right over them, and basically where Earl Thomas might necessarily be, T.Y. Hilton might squeeze behind them. So I believe the Colts actually go on a pretty magnificent run here where they run right through Kansas City, and they out, they basically outpound both of them. I think they beat the Ravens in a much closer game. I think this could take a little bit of gangster from Phillip Rivers to pull this one out late, maybe a 27-31 to 31 type of game. So I have the Colts getting to the Super Bowl, riding a defense and a running game, which I never thought I'd say those words about a Colts team when you look at the last 20 years of Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck carrying the team on their back. Who would have thought, <laughs> never thought the Colts would be a run-the-ball-and-play defense team with a Hall of Fame quarterback? A little bit of satisfaction there for Colts fans, too, you know, finally getting that knife back out of their back when Baltimore. I don't know. They did beat the, the year the Colts went to the Super Bowl. They beat the Ravens in Baltimore, too. So well, Maybe that's their poison. Maybe maybe that's Baltimore's poison in the, in the, in the playoffs. They just, every time they seem like, oh, it still burns, even though we got two <laughs> Super Bowls with this Ravens team and the Colts only have one during the time. But it still burns, and we're going to complain, even yeah. though we've had the best team in the league basically since the Ravens became a thing. Yeah, right. Besides the Patriots, maybe. So At the AFC, I have the Colts riding a defense a strong running game and offensive line, and I have them getting there. This is obviously all things considered, no injuries, et cetera, too. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I like that pick. That's, uh, you know, a little bit of Barner there, but uh, but I got to say uh, I, I can't disrespect the pick because the team is not bad. I just kind of looked at it, too, and each one of the, the Colts played the Ravens in the regular season, and I had the Ravens beating them. So I, I feel like the Colts get a mini revenge tour with the Browns and the Ravens playing them again. It makes sense. Definitely does make sense. And then a revenge game, kind of a, kind of a revenge game against the Chiefs from the playoffs a couple of years ago. So it's a different team, but I feel like a lot of those players are still there in the back. Okay, we're not letting this happen again. Yeah. Well, so for me, I have the Ravens having that first week, first week bye, that clutch bye week. Um, the Chiefs at number two facing off against the Broncos. 
at home in Kansas City. You know, they beat him up in the division. But here we go again. Drew Locke trying to trying to take the knife out. You know, trying to take the knife away from Patty and and that Kansas City team. And well, I gotta say, he doesn't do it. Uh, Kansas City. <laughs> Kansas City runs over this Denver team. It was tough, especially with Von Miller coming now being injured. I was like, well, do I really want to consider them still a seven seed? I do think they're still good enough to be a seven seed. I think it'll be tight. Um, it'll take a lot of Drew Locke being that dude, and it'll talk, take a lot of that running game. A lot of KJ Hamler running a straight route every damn time. Yeah, and that running game with the you know the two headed monster that they got there. That's going to have to take a lot of the pressure off of Drew Locke and that defense. So as long as that happens, I still see them in the playoffs. But you know, I still see Kansas City. I'm sorry, but that's a wrecking crew just waiting to come through and destroy the next team up. Uh, it's. Really hard to pick. There's very few teams you can really pick against Kansas City. Yeah. Um, and then and the 3 6 matchup, I got the Colts versus the Bills at home in Indy. Uh, Phillip Rivers does what Phillip Rivers does, and he just beats up on this team. And he, you, he will see him on the sideline talking trash in the fourth quarter as DeForest Buckner runs right up the middle and crushes Josh Allen for the seventh time in the game. Um, it's it's going to be bad. Oh, for you the think Bills, it's going to be a butt whooping. You think it's going? Yeah, it's going to be bad for the Bills. I love the Bills team, and I I wish they didn't come up against the Colts team. But I just every time I look at it on paper, the Colts have the matchup in this position by position, top to bottom down this field. The only difference is Josh Allen is younger and can run still. Philip Rivers, he's a statue, but he's a gangster. <laughs> and he's, got a, he's got a brick wall where Josh Allen tends to run for his life, it's, for better and, and for worse. And you just look at it, and I love the, the, the Bills' defense, but they're still too young to match up across the board with this team. Uh, I mean, the Colts' team is its not perfect on paper, but, it's a, again, it's one of those situations where, especially their offense, it's way ahead of the curve. It has a lot more positive check marks than negative yeah. check marks, like even you, if they're not check checks. Your number two receiver, it, it might be Paris, it might be somebody else, but right now, in my mind, I have Paris Campbell as your number two receiver, and I'm sorry, but there's nobody on that Bills team that can match up with him because Tredavious White is yeah. going to be marking T.Y. Hilton. And if you don't, well, good luck stopping T.Y. Hilton. Last time they played, T.Y. had two touchdowns in the yeah. room, so it's like, all right, so we know to cover him. And, and you know, I love Tredavious White, but he's not the best deep ball coverage corner. He can man you up, but he can get caught by speed because he's yeah. not a natural four 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 three guy. He's a technician at the finest of finest yeah. of them all. But especially against a guy who is a great deep route runner that we were talking about even before is in T.Y. T.Y. gives you some moves that you're going to make him think he's coming back for a nice little five-yard curl, and next thing you know, he's 40 yards downfield catching a bomb. So who knows with, with, with that guy what he's going to do, but I do think he's the – T.Y. gets himself to another divisional round – for a Colts team that he's just kind of like, yeah, I'm that dude. I think their best option would be put Davis White on Michael Pittman or Paris Campbell, and you double-team T.Y. with Micah Hyde or Jordan Hoyer over the top at all times. Yeah. You know, probably Micah Hyde, not Jordan Hoyer, but you put Micah Hyde. <laughs> yeah. basically, Jordan you, Hoyer would be screwed. You basically have one, the corner lined up directly on top of him, then 10 yards back, but in a perpendicular line, there's Micah Hyde. Like, no. Yeah. Absolutely no, it's, not. It's, it's, it's a tough matchup for Buffalo, and the Colts just they take it handily. Um, and then the 4-5 matchup, I have that surprise Miami Dolphins team going up against, I still consider it a surprise, Cleveland Browns team. Um, you know, they, they they get in there with that 5 seed, uh, the Dolphins with the 4 seed, so they're playing in Miami. Uh, sorry, Miami, but you're, yeah, you're done. Uh, this is where your Cinderella story ends. There's a glorious run, but no more. Yeah, you, you can't give Cleveland the opportunity to come in against a really undermanned Miami team especially for how Cleveland plays and all those offensive weapons they have, and be like, 
yeah, we're going to – no, no, sorry. Cleveland's just – they're going to run you over. It's it's going to be a freight train coming through, so good luck. I like Miami's defensive backs, but I think Cleveland's going to shit all over the front seven. <laughs> I think with Odell, Nick Chubb, all of them, they're just going to shit right through that defense. And it's going to be something that, that Tua wasn't be ready he, – he will not be ready for in this situation. Um, I, I think Miles Garrett coming off the edge will absolutely have a filled day. Good luck, Andrew Thomas. Or yeah. Was it Andrew Thomas? No, Andrew Thomas went to the Jets. Good luck, rookie tackle. I can't even remember. Your yeah, name. yeah exactly. It's it's not going to be pretty. Um, but so that's the ups. I have one. That's the only upset I have in that round. Um, so in the divisional round, I mean, I have Baltimore facing off against the Browns. And, yeah, Baltimore is Baltimore, and they do what Baltimore does and just flies down the field offensively, and you're not stopping them. Okay. Uh, it's going to be a high-scoring game. I do see this one like being a 45-42 game, something crazy like that where – Defense is optional, hmm. uh, but at the end of the game, it's going to be Lamar kneeling the ball, getting a win again, um, going to the conference championship. And it's it's not going to be a it's not going to be a bad matchup for the Browns by any means. It's just going to be Lamar is Lamar. It's yeah, it's too much weapons offensively. Like Lamar's putting it together, and especially if he has the season I predict him to have, he's going to be. So much better passing the ball that he'll actually be able to throw up a couple passes in tight windows. And speaking of, we talked about offensive lines. Ravens are definitely in that conversation. Yeah, yeah definitely top three line for sure. They'll, they can deal with Miles Garrett, Oban Joby, Sheldon Richardson in that squad. Yeah. Um, and then the other, I have a 2-3 matchup. And lo and behold, guess who it is? The Colts versus the Chiefs in Kansas City. Again, here we go, part three. Uh, unfortunately, unlike you, DJ, I do not have the Colts panning out because, well, again – Hi, my name is Patty. I am a juggernaut. Good luck stopping my arm. So you think this is the one where he breaks out against that Colts defense? Who I, I think. I think you know. You look at it, and for some reason, this Colts team has had his number. And I think as a competitor, you think this is the one where he's like, "No, I he, have a half a billion dollars to my name. I can't let this happen." Yeah, like there's no way I'm spending the next ten years having this team be my crux. Like that's not happening. Here's the day I, I prove that. We lose to them. I'm putting 400 yards up, damn it. I'm not, <laughs> yeah. not winning with zero touchdowns again. And, and you know, we talk about Philip Rivers being a gangster and, and being the the OG gamer. Well, I'm, I'm right now, Patty is that, that next guy up as far as an OG gamer and, and just that competitive spirit. And I think this is one that's going to be – it's going to be chippy, especially midway through the game. It's going to be chippy. It's going to be close. But then in the fourth quarter, it's Patty's going to be like, no, I'm that dude. Like, I – I am the guy that got the ten-year contract. Like, hold up, hold my, hold my beer. You just had, yeah, Patty proved himself. Yeah, so it's it's kind of gonna be that game where everybody's like, okay, so Patty is that dude. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. Nobody can deny this. So it sounds like you have this being Patty's tough game, toughest game of the year so far. But he also has the Ravens team to deal with next. Now, do you think it that that replaces the toughest? Yeah, I think so his toughest thing is already behind him. So the conference championship, I got Baltimore versus Kansas City. Uh, I think this is a, this is a game that Patty's kind of looking at, like. I'll do my thing. And I don't think it's his fault that, you know, it stays close. I think this one stays close throughout. I mean, we're talking 35-32 type of game. And offensively, both teams just click, and it's not something that the, the Chiefs defense was ready for. But they make a play late. Um, I just I just, I see the Chiefs defense just somehow. They pull off the one thing they need. Chris Jones yeah. gets a sack. Tyron Matthew gets a pick. Something just happens. It's, it's something fluky. I, I it, You know, the way the Ravens – play it could be something as simple as chris jones just getting in the backfield and interrupting a, a handoff with jk dobbins and, and lamar um something where you see that rookie running back who's not used to handling an option read offense all of a sudden is like trying to reach for a reach for a handoff and he gets that elbow on the ball it's gonna be something fluky it's not gonna be something like 
I don't think anybody deserves to earn the win, but at the same time, nobody deserves to lose the game. I like how you said J.K. Dobbins because you want to just presume Mark Ingram. I'm surprised it took everything in your fiber and I'll say Mark Ingram screws him out of the game. Well, you know, it'd be funny to say that, but I actually have Mark Ingram getting injured in the season in my Jeez, head. Okay, that's, that's even worse. Okay, move He's on. the reason why they don't care in two of their games, and everybody's like, no, you go stay healthy. That's, that's the reason why I have them losing two extra games than they should. Um, but, yeah, so I have Kansas City winning at, on the road in Baltimore. Uh, going to a second straight Super Bowl um, and looking like, for all intents and purposes, a three times greater team than they looked in this year's playoffs, this past year's playoffs. Well, at least we have a little bit of parity this time. Brandon's not just copying my list so far. At least. <laughs> yeah, no, he's just copying my list. Fair enough. Okay, so maybe the maybe the matchups will be different at least then. So, Brandon, how do you have the NFC playing out? Um, uh, recap with the Saints being uh, in the first round by. Um, the next up first round for or first game for the uh, wild card round, I've got the Eagles and the Packers. And man, do I like this matchup! Um, I think it's going to be it's one of those where it feels like there's they're two of the more balanced teams in the NFL, in my opinion. I don't say that they're overly, um, you know, but overly uh, biased one side or the other. I think the Eagles have a little bit more bias to their offense than the uh, Packers do at the moment and the Packers have a little bit more bias to their defense. Um, And because of that, I actually have the Packers moving forward, knocking the Eagles out um, despite being at home. Packers moving on to the divisional round. Um, Next up, I have the Bears at number three, facing the Cowboys at Number six. Gee, I wonder how this is going to go. Um, Double doing? Ugly. Hmm. Ugly. I have it going very ugly. I have it being a uh, 10 to 7 or 13 to 10 type game. So Phil Gold changes things? <laughs> All it um, takes is a doink. A doink or a dack. <laughs> dack and doink. Um, I, I don't believe in dack. I don't believe in my quarterbacks either. But I do believe in my defense. Uh, in the Bears, I have them moving forward. Wait, how do you believe in their kicker, though? Like, hold on now. Of the two teams, I, you, didn't you give compliments to Cal- the Cowboys kicker and not the Bears? <laughs> Dak throws yeah, picks, though. I did. <laughs> I've, also, I've also seen what Matt can do when he actually has pressure on the other side of the ball, which he has not had with Leonard Floyd. So with Robert Quinn and Akeem Hicks both being in this year, He's got a lot more opportunity to uh, to come crashing down on the quarterback, and I just don't believe in Dak's ability to handle pressure. So I've got the Bears moving up to the divisional round against the Packers. Uh, for my fourth and fifth, I have the Seahawks facing the Niners. So you have everybody playing their divisional counterpart, basically. <laughs> uh, kind of. But yeah, um, Seahawks, uh, I have them at home, face the Niners. I don't think the Niners are going to get back to the Super Bowl. I think this is where they kind of kind of realize they need to uh, start addressing a little bit of the holes that they have in their, their team. They can't rely solely on 300 yards rushing every playoff game. So I think the Seahawks take it. Russell Wilson putting up more touchdowns than he needs to just being that guy that makes plays out of nothing. Um, the big thing I have an issue with is the Niners that, like you guys said, um, the, the loss of DeForest Buckner 
think that takes a big toll on the defense. Kind of keeps the game from being kept in hand to just be able to control the ball and, and be um, efficient. It's going to be more of a score and try and keep up for the Seahawks. So they move forward facing the number one Saints. Uh, Bears face the Packers. Bears at home. Um, Bears Packers. It's going to be it's going to be an interesting game. Um, the big thing I have is Aaron Rodgers has not been as great in the playoffs uh, this last year. I do, I don't know what happened to that Packers team. They ran um, into they a buzzsaw from, from, from the Bay Area. <laughs> they should have done a lot better than they did. They did not. If they play anywhere near how they did last year, I don't see them moving forward at all. Um, I know they're going to have a. I know Rogers is going to have a chip on his shoulder. He's got love sitting behind him. We're just waiting for the opportunity to play. Uh, I think it's going to be a really, really nasty game. It's going to be like three to seven. Um, I want to say Bears take it, move on to to play the Saints. Uh, Saints winning against the Seahawks. Russell Wilson's great, but. The team in, in New Orleans is much better than the uh, team in Seahawks. If you just put the quarterbacks up against each other, I say Russell takes it just due to age. But if you look at the team comparison, I, I, I think the uh, Saints take it. It's going to be a more high-scoring game compared to the Bears-Backers. I think it's going to be closer to 31 to 28, 24, somewhere in there. But Saints and Bears move on to the NFC Championship game. So Saints, Bears, that sounds like 2006 all over again. I wonder what's coming up next. Uh, have the uh, the Bears. This is more bias. Obviously, I've had bias through this whole thing. Right. No. <laughs> hey, to be fair, Kelsey is leading his division in his records. Come on. We're not talking about my team yet. Hey. <laughs> We're going to label this the Maba segment. Make America's Bears again. Make the Bears great again. Um, and this one, this is just, uh, this one's for me, I think, where uh, Drew Brees starts to show his age uh, by the end of the season. Um, you mentioned that, that he kind of, you know, like I said, I guess more like what you mentioned is he's kind of showed that uh, that slowdown at the end of the season. I don't know if he'll have that slowdown at the beginning of the season, but uh, towards the end of the season, I see him having that. Um, the big thing is, is I don't see Kyle Fuller being able to shut down Michael Thomas, but I do believe he'll be able to slow him down um, just a bit. And I think the biggest key is going to be the Bears' defense is able to stop the clock management in terms of stops. So I have them moving forward into the Super Bowl face the Chiefs. Okay, so a little bit of Nagy versus uh, Nagy versus Rhea, a little bit of Pret the When we left, I was about the learner, but now I am the master is what you're saying. Yeah. All right, a little Obi-Wan versus Darth Vader. Okay. All right, Kelsey, how do you have the NFC playing out? All right, well, so for me in the NFC, um, I do have an, a- an NFC South team as the bye team, but it's not New Orleans. Uh, it is definitely top of Bay Buccaneers. Wait, you mean you don't have the Bears in this as a bye team? <laughs> the Bears would be lucky to sniff eight and eight, let alone a freaking playoff spot. Anyways, it's funny. I needed that laugh. 
But anyway, so Tampa Bay and, and, and the Bucks with their uh, their bye week. Number two versus seven, I have Seattle versus Detroit. Um, Seahawks team just too much for Detroit. Just they, It was a gift to get Detroit in the playoffs. Um, they had to work hard to get there. But Seattle, on the other hand, is kind of that team that just keeps doing it. So that Detroit will not carry on my wayward Johnson? No, they will not carry on my wayward Johnson. Um, unfortunately not. And Seattle advances. Uh, number three versus number six, Dallas versus New Orleans. This is purely just a – I still don't know how Dallas finished number three and then matching up-wise, age finally gets to New Orleans and this defense is what it is and it's faster, it hits harder. And, well, Drew Brees is only good for so long and I do think this is the part where we see Drew Brees fall apart. Um, he won't be able to complete passes to Michael Thomas or to, you know – Kamara out of the backfield, so it'll, it won't be pretty. Um, but it won't be a blowout either. It's not going to be like a huge game. It's like 24-14 type thing. Nothing. Is, is it Dak or Andy Dalton, the quarterback? Unfortunately, uh, it's still Dak, but it's the defense scoring 14 <laughs> points and the offense only getting seven and then a field goal. Um, it's, it's definitely not going to be the best offensive game you've ever seen in your life, but 24-14 is what I have it as, Dallas winning. Um and four and five, Green Bay versus the surprise Arizona Cardinals. I say surprise, even though, well, they don't. They do look good on paper, so. Uh, but they're not good enough to beat this Packers team. The, this defense, the Packers team, matches up really, really well with this Arizona Cardinals team. And you know, there's not much of a power run game from coming from the Cardinals, so you don't really have to worry about that aspect being a, which is what the one deficiency for the Packers, is defending a power run, and you don't really have to see that being an issue. Um, you know, corner-wise, yeah, okay, you're not going to just man up DeAndre, but you're definitely going to bracket him, no and doubt. Yeah, Alexander, who can match up with him. Like, yeah. maybe two guys that can't match up with him in the league, there's one of them. Two yeah, of, exactly. One of four, maybe. Like, you have Yair, and you have, you have somebody over the top of him just making sure, hey, you're not going to do this. And probably that guy is going to be Adrian Amos, who I don't want to throw at if I'm Kyler Murray. I'm not putting the ball anywhere in his vicinity. Not going to let that thing flow where his 4-3 speed run itself can just flutter under it. Yeah, and uh, so I do have Green Bay winning this one. Um, this Honestly, the NFC was I literally was going down. I'm like, okay, well, one through four, they're just going to advance pretty easily. This is not going to be much of an issue. Um, so that leads to divisional round. The Bucks play in the Packers and – Tom Brady, you give that man a week to prepare for you. It's going to be dangerous. You give that man two weeks to prepare for you. Uh, good luck. Give Bruce Arians time to look at that off that defensive back. <laughs> All right, so I could throw deep here. I could throw deep here, and I could throw deep here. Yeah, and I do have the Bucks winning this one, but I do have this being a the the reason they're winning is defensively. Um, and something I'll get to later is I do think this defense for Tampa is probably the one of the best that we'll see in the NFL this year, uh, if not the best defense in the league. Um, yeah, they have Tom Brady, they have Gronk, they have Mike Evans, they have, you know, Godwin. You have all these weapons, but I think this is this is where the defense comes into play, and they shut down Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones. There's no love for those two in, in, in Tampa Bay at all. Um, so, Bucks win easy. And then Seattle versus Dallas. This is literally – I hate this matchup as a Cowboys fan because this is the two – the team I hate versus – well, the team I hate. <laughs> but in, in reality, this is like the one thing you hate to see as a Cowboys fan is Russell Wilson having time. Um, but I do think this is the, the one chance the Cowboys have to beat this the Seahawks, and that's because the offensive line for the Seahawks is not as good as it has been in the past. Um, I do think this Cowboys pass rush is something that will be 
a very big weapon in this game and not allow Russell to sit back there for 10 seconds, scramble, and then throw it up to Tyler Lockett 40 mm. yards downfield while everybody's trying to figure out where he went to. Mm. Um, I, I do think Dallas wins. This will be another close one, um, probably 28-27, something, something really close where it's a last-second win or we see Dak we, we see Dak win something in the fourth quarter because, well, he has no choice but to. And he uh, avoids Bobby Widener and Jamal Adams at all costs. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, this, those two are deadly, and I'm terrified about this game for that reason, and that's why it's such a close game in my in my books is, you know, Jamal Adams probably gets two takeaways in this game. Bobby is a huge factor in the run game. Um, but it's just a late surge from the Cowboys that just gets them the win. Uh, so I have the Bucks versus the Cowboys. Surprise, surprise in the conference championship. Who would have thought the Cowboys fan gets the Cowboys in the conference championship? Who would have? I'm shook. I hate this. <laughs> uh, but that is where their Cinderella story ends. And Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay and the Buccaneers, they decide to uh, put the thro- put the foot on the throat, if you would. And uh, you see a full game from them, offensive, defensive. It is a complete barn burner. Uh, 38-10. Is, oh, so you have them smacking the Cowboys. Oh, it's going to be not good at all. And it's going gonna, it's gonna, to – I think this goes into the offseason, cements the fact that they do not need to pay Dak – because he plays like crap. I'm thinking three, four turnovers. Oh, so you think it's barbecue chicken, right? Oh, it's – yeah, it's not good. Um, it's going to be a two-hit wonder. They hit him, he hits the floor. Like, it's, <laughs> it's not going to be pretty. Um, so, I had, I had the Bucks going to the Super Bowl. Um, first time in, well, a very long time. And, of course, it's that man, Tom Brady, leading him to the playoffs. Um, so, Tampa versus Kansas City for me in the Super Bowl. DJ – How's your NFC play now? So I have the Seahawks as the top, as the top seed with the bye week, so lucky them. <laughs> so it might have matched up. The Falcons at number two take on their division rival, the Saints, at number seven. I think the Falcons, same reason we all kind of had the Saints losing. They get old. They have shown up just a weird knack of just falling apart basically at the end of the year for the last four years straight now, it seems like. They just they can't quite get over that hump, but I think it's the age from Breeze, the kind of stagnant play calling from Sean Payton and it's just they just can't seem to get it together, and the defense seems to fall down just a little bit in playoff time. So, And Atlanta, I think, is going to be high-powered. I, I think Todd Gurley, if he doesn't break, adds a whole <laughs> other element that's going to just get everybody loose. And I really like the, I really like the receivers, the tight end. Like they're, they're, I like the team. So Falcons will win, maybe not huge, but 28-20, 28-18, something like that. Comfortably, but not huge. Then next I have the Packers taking on the Cardinals to kind of let, Similar to what you had is where where they're, Kyler's not really going to get to DeAndre quite as much just because he's going to see Yair Alexander and all those guys over there. The pass rush will probably get to Kyler. This very overachieving cards team, well, I actually kind of I think they're going to beat the Packers. <laughs> that did not go the way I was expecting at all. Holy crap, all right. Because I think this is where we start to see all the Jordan Love, the A.J. Dillon, the star players you didn't draft to get any better. You're the exact same team as last year to a T. The one player you signed in the offseason helped Devin Funches opted out. So you're playing a stagnant version of yourself. Like, yeah. they're, gonna look at, they're just going to look at what the Niners did last year and what the Seahawks almost did last year in the playoff. And be like, yeah, we can do that. So, uh, Buda Baker, you go kill Aaron Jones. <laughs> Isaiah Simmons, you stay over the top of Devontae Adams while Patrick Peterson fights him at the line. And the rest of you go kill Aaron Rodgers. I, I don't see what they, they'll be able to do. It's going to be for two really good quarterbacks, two all-pro receivers. It's going to be a defensive game. It's going to be weird. 
I think Kenyon Drake and Aaron Jones are going to have a quality, quote-unquote, fantasy matchup. <laughs> but I think the Cardinals will take it in like a 20-17, 24-17 type game. I think it's going to be overachieving at its finest. Like, nobody's going to look good, but it's going to be like, well, the coin says you win, so here we go. Take it, Arizona, you lucky sons of guns. <laughs> then in the 4-5 matchup, I have the Eagles taking on the Bucks. I have a little bit less faith in the Bucks than you do because I still don't know how the offense – the, the Brady, the Gronk are going to mesh with the Bruce Arians and the Mike Evans and all of them. And I think the Eagles are just going to pound the heck out of the ball. They're just going to be like, run, 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 need to run. Because the Tampa Bay defense against the pass, like you've been I get that about. on a loop for, my, <laughs> for what I play Madden? Basically, I think Tampa's pass defense, like you mentioned, is going to be a leap, but I think their run defense can get got a little bit. They're not very big up front. They're athletic, but I think they can get mauled. And the Eagles, even without Brandon Brooks, still have – Lane Johnson, your boy Jason Kelsey, Jason Peters, they, they're well coached. I think they're just gonna I just think the Eagles are gonna kill the clock kinda like what a kinda like what Seattle was kinda like what the sorry, what the Packers did to Seattle in last year's playoff game where it was like, okay, you didn't play to win, but the other team just didn't really take it from you. And I think Tom Brady, similar to Drew Brees, is going to stagnate just a little bit. Like we saw last year too, he kind of didn't fall off nearly as bad, but he slowed down a little bit. He wasn't, he wasn't Tampa terrific. He was just kind of Tom. So with that being said, I have the Seahawks taking on that Cardinals team, and this time I think Seattle just looks at him like, all right, we had some close matchups. You almost took the division from us. Now you're going to get your butt whooped. So I think Russell Wilson's going to piece apart that defense. He's going to run around like. Basically, I do everything but intentionally grounded, make his offense look terrible, but somehow still find DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett open miraculously. I think the defense, Jamal Adams, Bobby Wagner, they're gonna Shaquille Griffin, they're gonna frustrate, they're gonna frustrate their zone offense. Their third time seeing, they're like, all right, Cliff, you're still too young. Here, go back to the Bachelor. We got this. So I see like a twenty-eight to ten. I think they just control it. It's, I'm gonna say it's no contest, but the contest is decided early. Then in the other matchup, we got the Falcons taking on the Eagles. Basically the Bird Bowl we got going here. And once again, I think Atlanta's offense is entirely too much for the Eagles. The Eagles' defense, I like the addition of Darius Slay, but I don't look at the rest of your secondary. I'm like, well, that's okay, but that's Julio Jones, and that's Calvin Ridley, and that's Hayden Hurst. Oh, you put nine DBs on the field? Okay, what the Todd Gurley, 80% of what he was two years ago, he'll he'll feast just fine. Yeah. And if nothing else, Matt Ryan was like, okay, I could piece this apart. So I have the Falcons beating the Eagles in Bird Bowl, Bird Bowl Part 1, leading to Bird Bowl Part 2 with Seattle and the Falcons. And as much as I've been touting how I think the Falcons are going to bounce back this year, it ends in Seattle, unfortunately, because Seattle has not a defense like a legion of boom defense but they had defensive horses to somewhat mitigate julio jones and calvin ridley and those guys plus if there are fans there'll be crowd noise which atlanta's offense seems to always gets flustered in those loud crowd noise places like in the dome they sometimes face it too with new orleans like it's ironic considering the georgia dome got in trouble for piping in fake noise it's different it's different when it's your noise compared to other people's noise and i think russell's gonna be able to have his way with the defense he's I think this one he'll actually be able to pick them apart from the pocket a little bit more. He won't run around as much because how fast the Atlanta's defense is. So it's going to be close, though. I don't think it's going to be like the last time they played in the playoffs where the Falcons ran through them violently. I think it'll be 35 to 20 more or less. I think it'll be close throughout the game, and then the Seahawks will pull away late with Russell Wilson doing Russell Wilson things. So that leaves us with a Colts and Seahawks Super Bowl matchup for me. So, Brennan, we'll go to you first. Your Super Bowl matchup, how do you see this playing out? Um, it's going to be 
it's going to be a battle of the defenses. I think the pressure that the Bears can put on is going to be huge. I don't think the Bears are going to come out swinging by any means. I think the Chiefs definitely put the throttle on start early. Um, it's going to be like a 21 to 10, 24 to, to 14 type start. Um, I think the big thing is, is the Bears have the ability to have that comeback to make those stops. Um, I have, out of bias uh, and hopes and dreams. A lot of bias Bears, and hopes and dreams. I have, I have the Bears taking the Super Bowl. A lot of alcohol. Uh, final score, 31-28. Who's the quarterback? Huh? So you have Nick Foles playing, it sounds like. Cause... Yes, obviously. Because Trubisky is not a Super Bowl quarterback. At least Foles was. By accident, with a better organization, but continue. <laughs> um, again, still similar uh, in terms of, of team build, in my opinion. Uh, one thing that, that I say is is it's not going to come down to the offense making the, uh, the final score. I think what's going to happen is it's going to be a fluke. I think it's going to be very, I don't say fluke play, but very... Um, Philly special-like? Hmm. No, it's going to be more of a, a Bears down last quarter. Kyle Fuller finally finds his freaking hands and takes one to the house. So you're saying we see a Madden tip, tip, tip pick bullshit in the Super Bowl. Great. Yeah, I, I, I stopped believing you when you just said Kyle Fuller found his hands. That man doesn't know where they are. You like, can't catch the ball on him, but he can't catch the ball on you. He makes Shaq Griffin look like an all-pro receiver. But, yeah, I've got the Bears uh, winning 31-24, to 24, um, or 31-28, sorry, uh, with Kyle Fuller taking the uh, Super Bowl MVP. So you think that one pick six makes him Super Bowl MVP, or do you think he has some bat downs and some tackles and shit beforehand? I think what what he does is uh, he's not gonna, going to match up well with uh, Tyree Kill. No one does. His, he's got freak speed, but I think Kyle's going to have the ability to uh, to use his, his IQ and his his break on the ball to, to have some really, really key stops, specifically in the third and fourth quarters where they weren't getting him in the, in the first half. So I think he's going to step up second half, make those plays, get that pick six, and, and, and ride it on, on his own uh, – his own accord, so... So what you're saying is he has the last cool play of the, of the game, really, so he gets Super Bowl MVP because no one else deserves it. <laughs> That's what it sounds like, uh, I don't, I don't see the pass rush being as strong. It, I mean, it's KC, so even if you have pass rush, Patty Mahomes can kind of walk away and throw it from over his shoulder and not looking. So <laughs> it's kind of hard to pass rush a guy who doesn't have to look where he's throwing. So... I, I don't see that being as big of an issue. I do see the pressure getting to him and changing plays, but I think that gives more opportunity for uh, guys like Eddie Jackson, Kyle Fuller, um, and now uh, opposite of Kyle Fuller. I'm still not sure who's going to start. Jalen Johnson out of Utah. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope so. Still not. Guy's a stud. <laughs> But yeah, if he's up there, it's it's that, those three guys. There's more opportunity when you got a scrambling quarterback. Um, Roquan Smith's going to be moving around the field just like he does. He's not nearly on the same level as Darius Leonard, 
but he's still young, still fast. Uh, he's still, in terms of speed, I think he can he can match up with Kelsey fairly nicely. Um, he's not going to be shutting him down by any means, but it's going to be a lot better than, say, Kelsey versus Trevathan. And Trevathan being the, the running, the run stopper that he is, he should be able to keep up at least on, in the ground game along with Keen Hicks in there and uh, and Clint Max. So I, I think it matches up well. Uh, great offense versus, you know, or elite offense versus elite defense. I think it's going to be a fun one. Um, more high scoring than Patriots-Rams game. Despite my actual love of that game, I thought that was a great, great game in terms of uh, mind tricks on each other. But um, I don't know yeah. how many mind tricks are involved in coming back from 28-3. to three. That was the Falcons, not the Rams. Oh, my bad. Never mind. I was listening to the wrong thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, good to know that this podcast is going to be re- reposted on BearsFans.org. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Kelsey, how do you have your Super Bowl matchup playing out with a familiar face and so, another familiar face? So, yeah, I uh, returned from uh, Fantasyland for us here um, in uh, Tom Brady versus Patty Mahomes. Like, oh, boy. I talked about it last year. I thought Patty and team was going to – you know, take over, take the torch from New England, and they did, and now, in a roundabout way. <laughs> but and now Tom Brady comes back for his revenge with a whole new team in Tampa. Um, I think this game is, is literally going to be one of those situations where Tampa looks great defensively, offensively, it's, it's a Super Bowl. It's kind of just one of those things where you're like, wow, this is a slow offensive game, all right. And Tom Brady does his nickel and dime thing, getting himself down the field, um, gets up early, I think fourteen to nothing, and then Andy Reid stops trying to overcoach himself like so he always does. Saying is they go, the Chiefs go down fourteen nothing. Like, all right, we got him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we got him right where we want him. This is a repeat of last year. That, no, seriously, I, I this Chiefs team, I, Andy Reid, still to me is one of the best offensive coaches, and his biggest issue is he overcoaches himself and he tries to come out with a game plan that is way too complicated. Dude, you have Patty Mahomes, and in this situation, you have Clyde Edwards-Helaire who I have getting Super Bowl MVP as he rushes for 200 yards and two touchdowns in this game in an epic comeback for the ages. Um, I do have him winning through at 35-24 over the over the Bucks, but it is one of those things where it's a lot closer than 11-point swing. It is one of those. The only reason they have 11 points is they came back in the fourth quarter and Tampa turned it over. So it's like this last year's Super Bowl where it was razor close and then somehow the Chiefs won by 10 just because of the way it broke at the end. Uh, I do think Patty has it. You know, he leads this comeback. Don't get me wrong. But I think it's on the back of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire who is just – Tampa Bay is so built on trying to stop that pass team that they forget about this guy who, by the way, they have issue covering the run as you pointed out in the last one. And you can dink and dunk to Clyde edwards like he's You know this this young rookie proved himself in the in 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 college that he can he can carry the load if you need him to. So you think a rookie's about to get Super Bowl? MVP? I think we're about to see a rookie get Super Bowl MVP and Clyde Clyde edwards Um So he's going to be like what James White was during that twenty eight to three comeback, but teams are actually going to give him the respect and give him MVP instead. This is why I was had twenty eight to three in my head. Guys. <laughs> okay. So. But yeah, no, I do think it's going to be one of those things that, and and I do think after this game we do see Brady. Uh, retire officially and finally be like, yeah, no, I'm done. Um, but this is a great matchup, I think, across the board. But it comes down to, well, Tampa Bay, you need to learn to stop the run today. And unfortunately, they did not learn to stop the run. They do do a great job, though, covering Patty. I think Patty only finishes like with 200, 250 at the most. Um, nothing fantastic, but he does put up three touchdowns, 
So basically, it's almost the exact same as last year's Super Bowl with the Chiefs, where it was a little struggling, but they Damian Williams last year kind of helped break through. Clyde yeah. just does a little more and helps him break through. Yeah, I think this is a huge game for for Hilaire. I think. I mean, he he'll break off at least one long run, um, sixty plus with his four six running self. Hey, he that dude runs. It's four six. He on may the track, run four, four four on the. Yeah, field. I was like, yeah. he may run four six on, without pads, but we get that man pads. He runs four four, and he lifts <laughs> that head straight up, and it's an extra that extra gear. That's all the, the difference is. Rolls those short shoulders back, and it, there he goes. So yeah, I got the Chiefs going back to back on this one. So DJ. All right, so we got a couple of Chiefs fans over here. Basically, what can I say? So I don't have the Chiefs in here, so maybe I'm the one who's out of his off his rocker. But so I have the Colts and the Seahawks. I think this one's going to be similar to you guys. I think it's going to be defensive heavy. There is a lot of defensive firepower in this game on both sides of the ball. I think the Colts are going to come out the same way Frank Reich always likes to do. They run the ball. They stay ahead of the chains. Like if it's second and if they throw an incompletion on first down, it's a guaranteed run on second down to try and make it like third and five and just get behind Quentin Nelson. Like okay, there's five yards or more. We're okay here. I think the Colts are going to control it, but they're not going to break away at any point. Russell, you're going to have that nervous energy like, oh, God, that's that's Russell Wilson's running around goofy self over there. Oh, God, what are we going to do? But I think the Colts, with their bend, 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 but don't break defense, they're going to prevent too much Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf just breaking the game open 60 yards downfield. I have the Colts taking it 28-20 to 20 behind heavy running game between Jonathan Taylor, Marlon Mack. We even see some Naeem Hines action. I think Phillip Rivers is... Not the ultimate game manager because he's a little more than that, but just controlling third down to five, he completes a pass for seven yards to T.Y. Hill. Third and eight, he finds a Jack Doyle for ten yards. The third and one screen pass, like the ultimate. I don't want to say game manager because that's a terrible connotation, but we love game managers on this podcast. What are you talking about? But at the same time, he does what you need to do to win. He does everything you need. If you need, I honestly think he runs for a first down at some point. Somehow, Philip Rivers runs and dies for a first. This down. better be like third and in inches, and he better come out in a four wide, and everybody's forty yards downfield. I think he drops back. The pass rush starts to get there from the outsides because you know it's not coming up the gut near Ryan Kelly or Quentin Nelson. He steps out of the pocket, like, nope, here I go. Aw shucks. Runs for like five yards and dives and gets it with Bobby Wagner coming. God, I, that's gonna waste five minutes of my Super Bowl watching time. Just watching him take. Five steps, one step a minute, it's this, fall apart. It's his first Super Bowl. It'll only take four minutes of your time. He's going to have a second jolt of adrenaline. You're right. Okay, fair enough. So I think it's going to be 28 to 20, defensive heavy game. Just a, nobody gets any big plays. I think I think it's going to be these, quote unquote, one of these slower Super Bowls that we've seen, just not a whole lot of explosion. And the guy that gets shafted more than any player in the league, Darius Leonard, walks with a Super Bowl MVP. I think he spies Russell Wilson and gets a sack or two tackles for loss i think he can even get a pick or a forced fumble he's one of the best linebackers at stripping the ball i've ever seen i mean in the chiefs playoff game a couple years ago colts look like it's all over he somehow strips travis kelsey somehow how do you take the ball out of that mammoth's hands i don't know maybe it wasn't tra- no it was sammy Watkins. sorry that's why but <laughs> same point i saw i had a brain fart but i think darius leonard bounces back from getting shafted out of the pro bowl as a rookie gets bounces back from not even being considered defensive ro- defensive player of the year last year this year, I don't have him at Defensive Player of the Year again. I think he gets shafted out of that because, for some reason, no one likes him. And Darius Leonard asserts himself as that dude, kind of like Derrick Brooks used to do with the Buccaneers. I think Darius Leonard, he basically asserts himself as it's my turn. And kind of like you talked about the passing of the torch with Patty and Tom, this could almost be a similar thing with Bobby Wagner and Darius Leonard to round out the Super Bowl in a COVID-infested year where I think it's going to be really wonky no matter what way he slices. So I'm going with the wonky matchup and the wonky MVP. Well, you know, you made fun of Brennan for, for reposting this on Bears.com. Well, uh, I, think I, I think i got to say the same thing about you and reposting this on the Colts.com here. 
Um, but I do, I do respect the decision. I, I you, you got to ride with the team, and honestly, this team is is made for kind of that sneaky season. And it, what were they missing last year? When you look at them, the yeah, ability for the quarterback to win a game, and this year they have one of the quintessential quarterbacks of winning games. It's like okay, and then you draft Michael Pittman, a big body receiver, Jonathan Taylor, second best running back coming out this year, maybe third, like. However you want to rate him, but the ultimate workhorse running back. Yeah, no, I mean he's probably the most NFL ready one out of the out of the group, and that's saying something. But yeah, I, I definitely like it. I mean, I love the I love the love for Darius Leonard. I think he's you're right. I'm not even a Colts fan, but I gotta say, if there's a linebacker, I'll trade Jalen Smith for Darius Leonard today. And and that's that's saying something because I love Jalen. And uh, yeah, he, we all, everyone likes Jalen. And uh, but I think Darius Leonard is possibly the best linebacker we've seen come out since maybe Brian Urlacher, as far as that coverage guy goes. That maybe just does Luke, everything. Maybe Luke Keekley because he, but like put him in that conversation. Yeah, it's a different Patrick game. Willis. I mean, he's that type of a player and that type of a game changer that doesn't get the love he deserves. I know Brendan mentioned Roquan, but honestly, you're comparing apples and oranges between Roquan and Darius Leonard and. Roquan's always been that highly touted guy. Darius Leonard was out of South Carolina, and everybody's like, who? You the, drafted who? The Bleacher Report thinks that he was the worst pick of the draft. Yeah. So, I mean, worst pick of the draft to, uh, let's be honest, the dude deserves, what, in his season, what, two seasons, three seasons? This will be his third season, yes. Yeah, and, well, I think by the end of this season, he'll deserve three all-pro noms and three uh, Pro Bowls, but unfortunately he hasn't gotten a single Eight. nod towards anything. Exactly, and maybe maybe it's a little bit biased, but when I look at the matchup the Colts have, they could basically be a pain in the ass for all of these elite teams. Like, there's plenty yeah. of lesser elite teams. Like, if they played the Broncos, perhaps I think that team could annoy them. Just looking at the other playoff teams, that I think the Falcons could frustrate them a little bit more. I think if they play Tampa Bay Bucks, that could be kind of annoying with those giant receivers on five foot nine, Kenny Moore. Yeah, it's it's a circumstance of matchup with them, and honestly, they you mentioned the gamer profile, like just being a gamer, like. If if you want somebody to win you a game, I think this team is full of gamers that will be that that guy that say, "Hey, don't worry, I got you." Like if we're talking NBA or MLB, where there's a best of five series, something like that. I don't know if I take this Colts team over some of those yeah. teams, but any given Saturday, Sunday, Monday, whatever you need. I mean, they have the perfect build to spec. Now screw you, we're gonna beat you today. Just just go home. Yeah, this honestly it reminds me of like a lot of the, you mentioned NBA. A lot of those teams in the mid '90s that were just the non Bulls teams. That they're really good. The pieces are a lot better than the, like the pieces as a whole are a lot better than the pieces individually. Yeah, and they just make it such a great team that could be, you're a couple field goals away from a twelve and three record or twelve and two record, you know, twelve and four record, or yeah. you're a couple field goals away from a seven and five, like or seven and eight, nine, whatever. At Glasser, they're seven and nine, and the few field goals here, like I said, and a weird pass from Jacoby here or there. They could have been ten and six or eleven and five last year with. Out the additions they made without DeForest Buckner, with an injured Darius Leonard, without Michael Pittman, like yeah, I don't so. know, babe. I just think the additions outweigh any of their subtractions, and it's a goofy year. I think it just adds up. And I'm a big fan of when you have an offensive line. I love offensive lines. So yeah, no, it's hard, hard to beat that when you have President Trump's golden vision of a wall standing in front of Philip Rivers statue. Self, what more can you want? I mean, nobody. Good luck getting through. I will never be able to look at that Colts offensive line the same now. Just, just look yeah, at the, that look one at hurt that, me. Look at that wall over there. There's the Colts' offensive line for you. Oh, that hurt me. Anyways, all right. So, so we have the recaps. We got recap. We'll recap real fast. Uh, Brandon, you have Chicago winning with Kyle Fuller as uh, MVP of the Super Bowl, right? Yep. All right. I have 
Kansas City winning with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire being the MVP, which I think is going out on a limb the more I think about it. But <laughs> Starting to want to just re- retract it like maybe Tyreek Hill or said. No, no, <laughs> screw that. I, I love Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I want him to know that this podcast supports that man. We are, there, we are there with him. Speaking of people the podcast supports. <laughs> yeah, speaking of people the podcast supports, DJ, you have the Colts with Darius Leonard, the probably the biggest su- guy we support on this podcast um, that doesn't get the love he deserves uh, winning Super Bowl MVP. So, with that said. We got some awards to talk about now. Postseason awards. Here's what we're going with. MVP, comeback player of the year, offensive player of the year, defense player of the year, offensive rookie of the year, and defensive rookie of the year. Should be a fun one to, to talk about just because we have lots of different options here. But, Brennan, run us through your list. Let's hear please what you tell know. me Kyle Fuller doesn't win your MVP. If I see any Bears on this list, I'm going to be annoyed. Except Jalen Johnson. He can make a spot. <laughs> um, there is a Bear on this list. Go great. It's Khalil Mack. Great. Akeem Mix is about to be MVP. <laughs> uh, there's, there's a couple of Bears on this list. Um <laughs> Uh, defensive Rookie of the Year, uh, not on the Bears, but in the same division, I actually have Okuda from the Lions. Okay. All right. Uh, I think the the big thing with him is he's he's got the skill. I, I love his skill set. I love how he's going to play, and he's opposite of a very, 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 well, a, I would say a very good veteran. He's not... You know, opposite of Darius Slay this year, but if I remember right, it's Desmond Trufant. He, he can still learn a lot from. Yeah, I mean, Trufant was an All Pro level corner at one point before he wasn't. So, I mean, he's probably got so plenty I, to teach. I yeah, I was gonna say he he's got the guy to learn from. He's got uh, a decent defense around him to to kind of give him a little bit of of that extra push. He's probably not gonna see a lot of one-on-one matchups with like number one receivers guys like mike evans or or uh, tyreek hills i think that's going to be left to trupont but that gives him more opportunity to shine so i think him being in that position he's in uh, in detroit uh not a lot of people thinking highly of detroit i think it's going to leave a lot of uh <clears throat> a lot of open passes for him to to make more plays uh i've got him at uh defensive rookie of the year i just like to say not a lot of smart people are high on Detroit, or not a lot of non-smart people are high on Detroit. Smart people know it's all about those Lions this year. Hey, once I get to this MVP thing, I got something to say for say about that. Um, all right, all right, all right, all right. Sorry. Uh, defensive Player of the Year, uh, still riding that Bears train. Everyone being healthy, Khalil Mack. He's beast. He's got more more people around him than uh, like Aaron Donald does. Aaron Donald is a freight train, wrecking ball, whatever you want to call him. But he is the only guy. And if he's the only guy that you can really think of to, to put pressure on the quarterback, it kind of slows him down. Same with what happened with Khalil Mack this last year. He lost Hicks. He had no help from Leonard Floyd in terms of getting pressure. The only guy he had who was giving him any help was Eddie Goldman. And that's not saying a whole lot from a nose tackle who is more of a run stuffer. So, um, I think now everyone kind of being back. I know Eddie Goldman opted out, but... Still has Bilal Nichols there um, to, to fill that gap. Akeem Hicks being back, Robert Quinn being able to take one, one to two walkers by himself uh, and in terms of, of schemes. So I think he's got the opportunity to have come back, showcase his talents to the effect that he had uh, the first year in Chicago, 
and uh, take that Defensive Player of the Year award. Um, offensive Player of the Year, sticking with the NFC, uh, I have Christian McCaffrey. Uh, <laughs> surprise, surprise. Yeah, it, it was it was kind of tough actually because when you got guys like Lamar Jackson and, and Patrick Mahomes and uh, Kyler Murray coming up, it's 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 not as cut and dry for me as as it was last year where it was like yeah well T Mac probably could have made MVP um, minus the Jackson run uh, if he was if Lamar Jackson wasn't in the league. Christian McCaffrey takes MVP, in my opinion. But that being said, he still takes Offensive Player of the Year. He will be the only person on that offense in Carolina who is more productive than the quarterback. Um, just year in, year out, that's how he is. Uh, offensive Rookie of the Year, uh, finally, first AFC appearance. I have Jerry Judy. Someone um, Someone's drinking that Bama Kool-Aid. <laughs> I uh, I think it's going to be real fun watching Drew Locke uh, having his receivers having a, a, a more experienced team under his belt uh, Cortland Sutton on, on the opposite side he's a lot better than I was expecting him to be um, having him as the number one Jerry Judy gets the opportunity to go up against uh, I wouldn't say lesser corners but guys that corners. definitely won't I would say the guys that aren't touted as elite. So you're not going to be seeing him be matched up one-on-one with Jalen Ramsey or uh, Stephon Gilmore. It's going to be the second guy or the safety or corners. You're not going to see him matched up with the elite guys. So it's going to give him more opportunity kind of to flower in the NFL, kind of bloom into a receiver that I think the Broncos are going to keep onto for years. I think, you know, it's just going to add to that that uh, cohesion that the Denver team is starting to create. So, I like Jerry Judy taking that offensive rookie of the year. Um, coach of the year, that one's kind of a easy one. Andy Reid, 12-4, uh, and that's what I have him at, so it's hard not to go against him if he does it again, bring, it, bring in another team to the playoffs, first round by, I it won't be anyone who could really argue with that. Um, my comeback player of the year, I have Nick Foles. Again, there's bias. But um, with that being said, comparing the stats of uh, the team that he went to the Super Bowl with versus the Jacksonville team he was on this last year, it's night and day. Um, when the defense has the ability to take the ball away or make stops. Nick Foles looks like at least an above-average quarterback, and if he gets the ball more often, he'll look like a top 10. But the key is the defense has to stay off the field. And with the Bears, they have the ability to do so. Um, There's a lot of teams where they are matched up against. It's going to be kind of a walk in the park. Uh... I don't think that Trubisky stays a starter for probably more than five weeks at max. And then Nick Foles will come in, do his thing, and take over the the, uh, the team and have Trubisky walking out the door. But uh, going from 0-4 to, in my, my eyes, an 11-5 team, 
puts him a comeback player of the year. My MVP pick. Nick Foles. <laughs> my MVP pick is a little bit different. And my argument for it is the Las Vegas odds for MVP picks are horrible right now. So if they're horrible, then this pick looks that much better. If, you, if, if anyone needs an example, they have Dak Prescott at number four. We already know what Vegas is done. We're, we don't need to, we don't need to spiel on how bad Vegas is. We know. <laughs> but anyway, I have Josh Allen taking the MVP this year. I'm sorry. Um, wait, what? Josh Allen in Jacksonville, or is that Josh <laughs> Allen in the Buffalo now? I was. Either I was, way, what? I was quiet through the Nick Foles pick. Kept my mouth shut through the Khalil <laughs> Mack pick. I didn't say nothing for the other ones. But hold on, Josh Allen. We, we all are on the same page here. Josh Allen out of Wyoming. Sitting in Buffalo, right? Six this guy about two forty laser rocket arm. Yes. The guy didn't you even not have him even in the playoffs? No, he made the playoffs. Oh, okay. He made the playoffs for you? Okay, never mind. Yeah, he was he was uh took the division, ten and six, so yeah. Oh, I okay, had, all, I right, all right, all right, all right. Um Stephon Diggs, the team that he's got around him is still young, still good. With Stephon Diggs, he's got the deep threat that he needs. He's got a guy who can break away, do more than what he has had in the past. The defense is probably top eight in the NFL, in my opinion. And the coaching is just great. The coaching is... If you had those coaches with 60% of the teams in the NFL, they would go from 7-9, and 6-10 and 10 to playoff teams. Um, I think this is the year he makes the step up, focuses in, Gets on cue with his receivers. I think he's going to have a blow up here. He's got the arm. He's got mobility. Um, and I feel he's got a better defense that will allow him to be on the field more. Uh, I, I think this is going to be a fun year to see how everything kind of comes together. Um, this offseason off was a little bit weird uh, in that division specifically with the Dolphins and and the Jets, but uh, I think because of the offseason the Jets have, that's two big games that are guaranteed for him. So he can just pat the stats, in my opinion. I think that's that's going to be, as as much as I hate saying, I think patting the stats is going to be more of uh, his argument for MVP than him being just all an all-dominating quarterback. But... Uh, I think it's going to be fun. I don't think he's going to have a great season in terms of picks versus touchdowns, but I think he's going to have a high enough touchdown and probably lead the league in yards. All right. That, he'll get you some rushing touchdowns too, definitely. I mean, led the league in rushing touchdowns for quarterbacks. So. Yeah. That's, at least you didn't pick a bit. At least you didn't pick a bit. Yep. So. And he led, he led the league in fourth quarter comebacks last year, which is kind of a small – stat that not a lot of people realize but I thought that was pretty neat being a young guy who's not really considered the most clutch quarterback in the league at least you didn't pick a Bears uncle with it yeah I'm, I'm the same boat alright so you have offensive rookie of the year and defensive rookie of the year well you already you got Jeff Okuda so wait yeah you yeah, got yeah. Jeff Okuda Jerry Judy taking home the rookie of the year and then you got Khalil Mack and CMC taking home offensive defensive player of the year Foles at comeback player of the year and Josh Allen as MVP yeah Yep. All right. All right. And coach of the year is Andy Reid, right? Yep. Cool. Kelsey, you want to go next? Let's hear what you got cooking over there. I presume there's no Dak. Uh, there is uh, zero Dak. 
There are uh, guys who play Dak and beat Dak, but there are zero Daks. They get it because they beat Dak, or is that just a coincidence? Oh, it just is a happenstance that I happen to love it all, and <laughs> my stance is I hate Dak, so... Moving forward. All right, so, so you yeah. got that most valuable hatred of Dak award. Absolutely. Um, so we'll start defensive rookie of the year. Give the rookie some love first. Uh, I talked about him when I did the NFC pre, uh, prediction. Isaiah Simmons, I think the dude's a stud. Um, I think he's the only guy that can take this award away from Chase Young, period, point blank. And I think he is going to do it because he will literally rip the ball out of some man's hands to get this award. He will basically be an all-pro so they don't just award it to Chase Young because everyone loves that guy. Exactly. Uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year, that man, Joe Cool, Ohio's finest, Joe Burrow. Um, Ohio's favorite son. Yeah, look, Cincinnati's going to outperform themselves this season, and he's going to be the big reason why. Um, that's just facts, and that's just... I do think on offense, him and two are already like the clear favorites. Like we talked about Chase Young. They're like, all right, one of these two has to get it. Someone else has yeah. to basically slay Goliath to get it. I have a dark horse in this, but I'll leave him alone because I think you might be picking him for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, find out. So, yeah, little, little, little Bama Kool-Aid over there is my, my alternative. Not where I was going. Okay, so never mind then. Henry Ruggs is my dark horse for this. I'll just say that out loud. He was kind of my dark horse too, but he's not my pick. I love but, that man. Best, my favorite player in the draft, but he's not who I picked because yeah. the Raiders. Yeah, I mean, I had to pick. A, I had to pick a guy who's going to get the love, and it's Joe Burrow. Um, defensive player of the year, though. Uh, the guy had a breakout year last year, and I think he continues the momentum this year. I have Shaq Barrett taking a defensive player of the year. Uh, he's like I talked about Tampa Bay making it to the Super Bowl to begin with. I think he's a big reason why. And uh, you know, it's it's kind of kind of one of those things that I was just like ah, I got to do it with this dude. He's he you know, he breakout last season sacks. I think he's going to put it all together this year. Um, and he's still young. He's still growing as a player, so he's going to be great. He's going to get a lot of chances with the offense this year, too. Yeah, uh, offensive player of the year. I couldn't break the mold. I had to like <sighs> Lamar, just because it's Lamar. So he's have another outstanding season. Just not get MVP, so they give him offensive player of the year. Yeah, today. this is going to be that year that, uh, like we saw with um, Adrian Peterson and Peyton Manning, where they they, they kind of had to like pick the award and just give one one, give one the other. Um, I have offensive player of the year and MVP split, and I'll get to well, I'll get to MVP here in a second. And but offensive player of the year, you had just Lamar's going to have an outstanding season. Um, and like I said, the only reason they lose four games, he's only going to have two losses. <laughs> Baltimore's going to have four losses <laughs> because <a> difference. <laughs> because they're going to see Mark Ingram get hurt in one of the games, and then they're just going to be like Lamar, no. <laughs> Bad. You go sit on the bench and you do not get hurt. RG three, get in there and get hurt. <laughs> yeah, like do not put Lamar in. He might play a series in the last two games, if that. Um, but it's not going to be crazy. So uh, Lamar offense player of the year, comeback player of the year. I talked about him in the quarterback video. If Detroit is going to do anything, this man's going to have to look outstanding. And Matt Stafford, comeback player of the year. Um, coming back off that injury last year and, well, injuries the last couple of years, he's actually healthy. He has a great offense going forward. Um, you know, I don't see why he can't do it. And if Detroit's going to make the playoffs, as I predict, he's going to have to be a big reason why. And, and to me, that tells me a lot about how he, how he comes back this season. So um, especially with him coming for, coming for the MVP award, like he wants that MVP award. He's going to be so good. It's just going to be one of those seasons where, well, you had Lamar, and then my MVP choice, just outstanding. And then you have Matt Stafford as as kind of like that third place guy. It's just like any other year, I'd give you the award. 
So who's this MVP that you've been trying not to say this whole time? This mystery guy, this this mystery man who loves ketchup so much and oh wow, Big throws shock. the ball a mile without looking and uh, shocker, shocker. I just stuck with the the basic basic fall pick, if you would, if uh, with my Patty Mahomes pick for MVP. Um, dude, he's so good and he's just getting better. He doesn't know how to read a defense and he still put up the numbers he puts up. And oh, by the way. He's learning how to read defenses this offseason. He's literally had no choice but to sit there and watch video on how to read defenses. Also, he's getting married, so congratulations on that. But, you know, Patty, I got to give the man. He's winning everything in life right now on the field, off the field. Give that man any award he wants. I'll, uh, he, any award he wants, he can have. <laughs> like, so MVP, Patty Mahomes, just because, well, and I hate to say this, but I feel like for years to come, you know, we talk about LeBron with this with the MVP award. It's going to be the same with Patty. Where it's I, like you can give it to him every year, it feels like. Yeah, that. it's going to – I mean, as long as he has Andy Reid as his coach and they have weapons, I feel like he's going to always be in the, the case for it. Kind of like how Tom Brady was for many years, um, always in the, the vibe for, for MVP. Manning, they were always in that list no matter what yeah. happens. Like you're in the top three no matter – whether if you're breathing, you're in the top three. Yeah, so, I mean, I can't say much, but, uh, you know – with Offensive Player of the Year, MVP, I kind of stuck with the status quo, but I can't help it. They're just so good. Um, so, yeah, just to recap it, I got Isaiah Simmons is Defensive Rookie of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Joe Burrow. Player, Defensive Player of the Year, Shaq Barrett. Offensive Player of the Year, Lamar. Comeback, Maddie Stafford. And MVP, Patty. Who do you got for Coach of the Year? Coach of the Year, that was tough. Um, just looking at it, but I honestly. Michael McCarthy. No. No, Brian Flores out of Miami is, is who okay. I had with Coach of the Year just because I haven't had such a great year. I mean, it's outstanding that they win their division and finish fourth in the AFC off of tiebreakers. Started from the bottom and now they're here. Yeah, so for me, that's Coach of the Year is Brian Flores. Um, yeah, it just it, his record this year will speak for himself. And I might be wrong. They might finish 3-13. and Who knows? But as stands. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of started from the bottom, now we're here. I'm going to go with my coach of the year pick, which is Cliff Kingsbury from Arizona. He's going to drag them from the cellar where they look like absolute trash. Weren't you just trashing? <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury's terrible, but they're going to have a good season. Well, he's not terrible, but I still iffy on how his some of his offensive schemes are going to work in the NFL full time. When you have DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray, and a, Kenyon Drake and a squad like that, where they, you win 11 games, he's going to get some love, which he deserves. I don't think he's an elite coach, but he's definitely better than Freddie Kitchens. So going next up, I have I'm come- better than Freddie Kitchens, so. I rest my case. <laughs> and for comeback player of the year, maybe a little bit of Super Bowl bias here, but I think Philip Rivers is going to get comeback player of the year. It's going to come from 23-20 and 20 last season where he's shot. I think he's going to come back with a 28-10 and 10 touchdown to picks. 4,000 yards, just, just a really good quintessential Philip Rivers type year. A little lower picks than normal, but. I think he'll bounce back really nicely. Defensive rookie of the year, this was tough because I kind of had a split between two guys. I wanted to give it to Jalen Johnson, the corner out of Chicago, because I think him being opposite Kyle Fuller, he's going to get a lot of plays to make. But I decided to go with someone on a team that's actually going to win games, and I went with A.J. Terrell, the corner on Atlanta, because I think that front seven is going to get a lot of rush. Atlanta's going to play with a, being a lot of shootout passing type games with a lot of passing. And I think Terrell's going to step up to the challenge, kind of like Marshawn Lattimore did as a rookie with the Saints. He can be like, okay, you're not going to pick on me this whole time. Go pick on Darquez Denard or any of those other guys, but you're not picking on me. Yeah. The only, everyone remembers him getting basically not toasted, but having trouble with uh, 
what's it? Jamar Chase from LSU last year championship. Everybody had to hold exactly. Jamar you can't Chase. hold. Literally everyone does. You can't hold that against. There him. are four DBs currently in the NFL that had trouble with Jamar Chase last year, and multiple ones coming out next year that'll say the same. Julio Jones would have trouble with Jamar Chase. If, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then for offensive rookie of the year, it's kind of piggybacking a little bit off of some of the stuff you said earlier. Is I have J.K. Dobbins taking offensive rookie of the year. Because I think I don't think Mark Hume's going to necessarily get hurt, but I think before this, him and Ingram are split carries early. But I think Dobbins is going to basically take his job, maybe not midway through, but early enough in the season. I think he's going to finish with over a thousand. Ironic that Mark Ingram loses his job to another rookie. Fitting, yeah, yeah, just the same thing that happened to Kamara too. So I think he's going to give you like eight-ish touchdowns. He's going to catch the ball for a few times, be a little swing pass option. I think they're going to start him kind of like that as the change of back, like a Kamara, like. Give somebody who could catch the ball a little bit cleaner. But then they start handing the ball like, oh, J.K. Dobbins, that's right. When your ankle's fully functioning, you're a monster. So I think J.K. is going to come in and I think he'll be second as far as rookies, as far as rushing goes for the season. And I think he'll just he'll just kind of stand out above a little bit more. Like Joe Burrow is going to be awesome, but I don't see them winning too many games. Same with Tua. I think a lot of them are going to be really good. Justin Jefferson, Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy. I just think J.K. being on the best team in the league record-wise and being a key contributor, I'm going to give him the nod. Offense player of the year, I actually just mentioned his name a few minutes ago, Julio Jones. I think this is going to be the year where they're like, okay, Julio, see that end zone line? We're going to get you in there. I hope he's, so. He's going to have a similar season to, I believe, it was 2015 when he was tied with Antonio Brown with like 130 receptions or something like that. He's going to have something similar to that, 1,700 yards. I think Julio is going to get featured. Double-digit touchdowns. This is the year Julio did. Jones gets double-digit touchdowns. You heard it here, folks. First, folks. Hayden Hurst, in theory, should take some of those away, but I think Julio's just going to absolutely torch so many defenses, even if he has to go from 40-plus out. No more than no more than Austin Hooper took away, that's for sure. That, yeah, exactly. So I think Julio Jones establishes offensive, rookie, offensive player of the year. And he sees all these other receivers. <laughs> I, I wish he was a rookie. <laughs> <laughs> Heck, when he was a rookie, if he didn't get hurt, he might have had offensive rookie of the year too. But Yeah. And I think he's seen DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Thomas, a lot of these other guys get paid when he's perennially the highest paid receiver. I think he's like, oh, I want to get an- – they always extend me when I do well, so here I come. Yeah, and he's honestly the one of the, the best receiver. I think he's one of the best receivers in the league, and he has been for so many years. Like we, I just talked about Patty. He's just always that good. I think that- he just doesn't always have the stats that show, and I think this year he will get the stats to back it up, and everyone's going to be like – Oh, yeah, that's the Julio we are all scared of. That's that monster that was made in a laboratory that none of us could replicate in our wildest dreams. He's even better than our created Madden players. So that's what I have for offensive player of the year. Defensive player of the year, I'm going with the guy who ironically just got paid as well. Your boy, Tredavious White. Hey, Trey White. I think it's going to come down to him and Yair Alexander. I was kind of split between the two because I think both corners are going to establish themselves as lockdown, shutdown, See this half, See this third of the field? You stay away from this third of the field, otherwise you're not going to like it. And I think Tredavious White on a playoff Bills defense, I don't know if he's going to have a whole lot of picks. Maybe he'll still only have like five, six, maybe seven like he had last year. But I think no one's going to throw at him. I think they're going to be scared of him. He's going to get a lot of tips. Tackles, I think they're going to get creative using him. Kind of like if you remember Darrell Rios' 2007 run where he was the lockdown corner and defense player of the year. He didn't have a lot of picks, but it, you just knew because he, he matched up with those top receivers like Chad Johnson, T.O., Randy Moss week in and week out, and shut them down, kind of like Stephon Gilmore did, not this last year, but the year before. Didn't have as many picks as he had last year, but you just knew, all right, that that guy's done. He has him. I think that's going to be Trey White this year. Trey White's going to lock up. And going against Stephon Diggs every day in practice, like... 
all those two are going to make each other better. Iron sharpens iron. Exactly, and I think Trey White getting paid, he's the type of dude who's like, okay, I got paid. Now I'm going to go show them why I'm underpaid. Kind of like what J.J. Watt did when he got paid, just J.J. Watt fell apart, unfortunately. But I don't think Trey White's going to fall apart. And he doesn't have Tom Brady being a pain in the ass in the division as much, where he's throwing those dink and dunk fluky routes. He's going to have Sam Darnold and those guys try and challenge him. MVP for Brendan Josh Allen in his own division. He's going to get to practice against that rocket arm. like. And Cam Newton on that in that division. We talk about Cam being a revolutionary for that New England team, but he does throw picks. He's Yeah, and I, I just think Trey White's going to get opportunities. Even if they're not always picks, he's going to break up a lot of passes, and he's going to, I don't want to say piss off a lot of receivers, but a lot of receivers are going to look and be like, God damn it, get away from me. Not this guy again, shit. <laughs> kind of like in the finals when LeBron saw Kawhi come in, and he, there's that gif of him shaking his head, like, God damn it, him again. Like peak Namdi. When, yeah. when guys would see Namdi Asimov come up, come up to him and be like, hey, I'm going to guard you today. And they're like, no. They're, they're uh, guys, see, just uh, put me on the bench, coach. This is not going to be a Seaver's game. See, going to laugh and they see 27 coming. They're going to look at the coach like, well, I'm done. It's cool. Someone <laughs> else. It's 10 on 10. Don't throw it to me, guys. <laughs> and for MVP, we all kind of have a similar trend in mobile quarterbacks taking the MVP. But at least they're all different, so that's kind of nice. I got the Russell Wilson, the Russell hamster, Russell Wilson. The muscle hamster, whatever you want to call him. Danger Russ, Sierra's husband, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> I don't think he's going to lead the league in touchdowns, but I think he's going to be really close, like, I still think Patty might lead the league in touchdowns with, like, a higher 30s. I think Russ will be right behind with 35-ish, like, say, 35, 38, somewhere in that weird comparison number. I think he's going to have a lot fewer picks because the way he plays, he runs around and doesn't really thread the needles often. He basically runs around in circles until someone breaks open 60 yards downfield and then throws the weirdest-looking rainbow that always gets caught. I don't understand how he plays, but it always works, and I'm done complaining about it. <laughs> yeah. So I think you just accepted it and you made him MVP. Basically, yeah. With Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, I really like Philip Dorsett as the addition because it's another different type of game breaker. Especially after playing with Tom Brady for the last few years, you know Philip Dorsett's a lot cleaner of a receiver now than he was when the Colts traded him. And then you brought back Josh Gordon. Will Disley, a tight end, is going to hopefully be healthy for more than four games. Because he is, he's he's a stud when he's not. He was broken. a fantasy football stud too. Yeah, I mean that first his first career game, he had like a buck eighty and two touchdowns. I mean, he's outstanding. He was starting for me while DJ Shark was on the bench. Anyway, <laughs> and then Chris Carson, they're still going to run the ball. Rashad Penny, Josh, not sorry, Jamal Adams and Bobby Wagner are going to get takeaways. The, the defense is going to be, I think they're going to be one of the best takeaway defenses, even if they're not one of the best. So Russ is going to get options. And I think this is your Russell kind of finally gets over that MVP hump. He's always been kind of close, kind of in the conversation, but never able to break away. So basically, I have Russell Wilson taking it and being the number one seed in the NFC is going to help. So recap of mine. Comeback player of the year, Phil Rivers, gangster lives on. <laughs> Defensive rookie of the year, AJ Terrell with a slight nod over Jalen Johnson just because he's on a winning team, more or less. J.K. Dobbins takes Mark Ingram's job and establishes himself as the running back in Baltimore. Not just Lamar Jackson's counterpart, but a legit running back. Cliff Kingsbury gets coach of the year because he turned Arizona around surprisingly quickly, even though it was kind of circumstantial. But Even though you, you still don't trust his play call. <laughs> still not sure about it. As far, I'm, not, I'm not 100% sure about it. It feels like Sean McVay, honestly, where it's just really weird and fluky out of nowhere. And it seems revolutionary. And then you're like, oh, okay, we got it now. But when, you're, when you get Kyler Murray and you're gifted you're Andre Hopkins from Bill O'Brien's butt chin, then you draft Isaiah Simmons like, they got everything. He's done his job as well as he can so far. I'm just not sure about long-term sustained success. But this year, he's coach of the year. So, yeah. Trey White, defensive player of the year. Lockdown corner, I think he's going to establish himself as most people think he's, oh, he's not quite Jalen Ramsey or Stephon Gilmore, but he's in that second tier. He's really, really good. 
I think he established himself as, yeah, those guys are coming to my level. I, I think him and Yair Alexander are going to be the two guys that really step up their game on the defensive backfield. Nothing against Jalen and Stephon. They're still going to be in that top two, three category. I just think those two are going to not just insert themselves in it, they're going to push the people out of their chairs and get their own chairs. Offense player of the year, Julio Jones. Double-digit touchdowns, everything else stays the same. Julio, Julio's. And then Russell Wilson just went over all of it. Russell, Russell's. He finally accepted the Russell train. I still haven't gotten to that point. I got to say, I still haven't gotten to the point of giving Russ MVP yet. But I, I think I, if you put him on any other team in the league, I don't feel the same way. But they built this team perfectly for his skill set with the perfect, basically, kind of like with Troy Polamalu in the Steelers, where he was not as great of a player in my eyes, but they built the team around him perfectly to let him Troy Polamalu around all over the place with his hair. So I think the Seahawks are built for Russell Wilson to take MVP, and I don't know if they're going same with Patty and Lamar. I feel like they might have a little fatigue given to one of those two guys again. You know, I got to say after these lists, I, the one thing I, I got I to teach you guys is how to hate your own teams more. To be fair, I hated my team last year. You <laughs> liked my team more than me last year. That is true. I did. But, Brendan. Looking at you. <laughs> I have a little bit of self-deprecation over there. You got to hate the Bears as much as the Bears hate themselves. If I had Dax as my quarterback, I would hate the Colts as much oh, as you hate God, the Colts. it's so miserable. Anyways, so that does it for our, pre- our, our season predictions, um, and we will see how they pan out real quickly. At least 17 of these are going to be absolutely terrible, but maybe we'll find a diamond in the rough like a DJ pick in the 49ers last year. Yeah, okay, let's keep on riding that train there, guy. Hey, until, somebody, until, it's pro- until something else happens this year. Let it be known that both Brendan and I did pick the Super Bowl winners correctly this year. No, I picked the Chiefs. Uh, we'll run it back on the tape. We can because I picked the Chiefs, but okay. We'll see. We'll see. Anyways, that does it for us today, guys. Anybody want to add anything before we get the season started tomorrow? No? Cool. Thank God it's back. It took long enough. Hopefully it doesn't get canceled. Exactly. Well, that does it for us today, guys. And stay tuned. We will have more as the season continues. Football, uh, probably going to talk about basketball here soon, considering the bubble is still going on. Thank you, Miami Heat, for making me like $50 richer. There you go. All right, guys. That does it for us tonight. Have a good day. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more.